starting a new series. We started a new series last week uh, called The Best Summer Ever. And the reason that we started this series, the reason I wanted to do this right now is because of all the choices that we have right now. Because last summer, we didn't have a whole lot of choices, did we? Everything was kind of locked down. So the choice was to stay home, to stay safe. Nothing was really open. But this summer, Man, with the vaccinations that are out and the restrictions that are loosening and, you know, things. Some of y'all are so excited about the upcoming summer months and you've got decisions and you've got choices to make. And you're like, you know what, I'm just going to go spend a month at the beach um, because I didn't get to do anything last summer. So what we're doing in this series is we're, we're looking at all the choices that we're trying to make coming ahead. And we're saying, you know what, let's, let's talk about the choices that we make in life. Let's talk about the decisions that we all have to make. And maybe if we get our heads wrapped around this and we get set in the right way, maybe we can make choices now that will not only give us the best summer ever, but will allow us to have a better future. Because essentially, I mean, think about it. What are we? We, we are the sum total of the decisions that we have made. Whatever decisions that you made in the past, it kind of determines where you are today who you are today, what's happening to you today, right? And the decisions that you make right here, right now, the decisions that you're making in this present moment are going to determine what happens tomorrow and it's going to determine what's going to happen in the future. So this this is good for us every now and then just to pause and say, you know what, how do we make good decisions? How do we make better decisions for our life? Because we're all in one of two categories right now. Either, number one, you're making a big decision right now, and some of you are. When it comes to your job, when it comes to your family, the, you know, the housing market's going crazy right now. Some of y'all are trying to decide to, to move or to buy or to sell or whatever. Some of y'all are in that moment right now of making a big decision. And if you're not, the other type of person is, is that you will be making a big decision sooner or later. We all have those big moments in life. So, how we've been attacking this series is that each week what I wanted to do is I wanted to give you two, uh, two things to think about. I want to give you some advice on how to make great decisions right now. And then what I wanted you to do is I want to give you a second thing. I want to give you a decision that needs to be made today. Like a decision that you need to think about right here, right now, that will help you have a better summer and a better future. So, let's jump in. When it comes to advice on making great decisions, you know, like you've got a decision that needs to be made in your life right now. You've got something big happening. You're like, how can I know what to do next, what the best decision is? Last week, I started things off, and I said, here's the first thing. Number one, we've got to ask, when it comes to those big decisions, what does God's word have to say about this? Like some of those decisions that we have to make in life are pretty clear when it comes to Scripture. So we have to determine what the authority of Scripture is going to be in my life. Like am I going to place God's Word at the top of my life when it comes to decision makings or or am I just going to go my own way? Because the reason this is so important is that if I live my life and I base my decisions on what God's Word have to say, then usually when I do that, I receive God's blessings. When I don't do that, when I live outside of what Scripture teaches us, outside of what the Bible says, that's when I get myself into trouble. So last week, I was like, man, when you got a decision to make, first thing you got to go to is realize what your authority is in life and go to God's Word and see what God has to say. The second question, let me give you something else to consider. And if you've got your message notes, go ahead and open those up online. And I want you all to know 
that we have started putting these out um, in the uh, area right outside the greeting area. So when you come in, you can grab these if you want to write these down yourself and grab a pen. But here's the second question, and this is coming on the heels of Mother's Day. Here's your second question when it comes to decisions. Here it is. What if mama found out? This decision that you're about to make, what if mama knew what you decided? Or you know what? You can change if, if that's not, you know, maybe you can put, you know, Father's Day's coming up. What if, what if dad knew? Because I don't know about you, but when it comes to this, I want my parents to be proud. I want mama to be proud. Man, there's nothing worse than making mama upset, right? I want to make good decisions. But here's, here's where I'm going with this. The choice you're about to make, the decision that you have in front of you, would you want other people to know about it? That's a good place to kind of start to. If I, if I worry, if I've got this decision, if I've got this choice in front of me, and I really kind of worry about other people finding out about it, or worry about how it may look, it's a pretty good indication that may not be the best decision for me. Let me tell you why this is a good question to ask is because of those times when we're making decisions and we're making choices when it comes to the gray areas in life. Do y'all know the, the gray areas, what I'm talking about? Those gray areas in life where you go back to that first question that I asked, and you say, you know what, what does God's word have to say? And you search God's word, and you, you ask the pastor, and you, ask, you know, and there's kind of those gray areas where God's word doesn't really say yes, but it doesn't really say no. So, like, what do you do then? Like, how do you make that decision? How do you know what's best? Well, Romans 14, 14 says this. Let me give you this piece of scripture. It says, if someone believes it's wrong, like if you believe in your heart that it's wrong, then he probably shouldn't do it. Because for him, it is wrong. So here's the principle that I want to share with you this morning when it comes to those decisions, those choices we have to make. If you're in doubt about it, then don't do it. If I can't do this, if I can't make this choice, if I can't go forward with this decision, right, with a clear conscience, then I probably don't want to do it. Because at the end of the day, what do I want? I want my choices, the decisions that I make, I want to have peace about those. I don't want to have a whole lot of guilt. So those decisions that you're making right now, first question we're going to ask is what does God's word have to say? God's word is the authority of my life. Where God speaks clearly, that's what I'm going to do. The second question that I'm going to ask in those gray areas of life is what, is what if mama found out? Or would I want everyone to know about this? And if I do, and that's fine, then that's a good choice. If I don't, and I feel a little hesitant about it, Romans 14, 14 says, you know what? Probably shouldn't do it. May want to steer clear of it. Okay, so those two things will help you make better decisions today. Now, let me switch gears, and let me give you a choice that needs to be made, okay? So that kind of helps you make decisions. Let me give you a choice that needs to be made today, all right? And you may remember last week I started this off by saying, here's your choice for this summer and the future ahead. Are you going to choose the one, or are you going to choose the many? Are you going to choose when it comes to how you live your life and what governs your life and the decisions you make? Are you going to follow after God and what God wants, or are you going to follow after the world and what everybody else thinks? We tend to revert too much and we care too much about what other people think and not enough about what God thinks in our life. So that was last week. Today, when it comes to those decisions, I want you to give you something to think about. Am I going to hold on or am I going to let go? Here's the decision I want you to think about today and moving into this summer. Am I going to hold on 
Or am I willing to let go? Some of those big decisions that we have, sometimes we've got to learn that we can't always hold on so tightly in life. Sometimes it's better for us when we learn, when we make the choice to let go and to release our grip a little bit. Because God can do more with this than he can with this. God can do more with this than he can with this. Now, when I was a teenager, we used to live close to a spring called the Blue Hole. And I know that's kind of common. Everybody probably grew up next to a blue hole somewhere. But we would go there and we would jump into this um, spring. And right beside the spring was a cliff. And if you jumped off the cliff, it was pretty good. But better than that was a tree that was right beside the cliff that had a limb that hung out over the blue hole that had a rope swing attached to it. Man, that was a lot of fun. Now, in order to ride the rope swing, though, you had to climb the tree and you had to stand out on this little plank that was made by teenagers who should have been in school but were skipping school. So you kind of took your life in your own hands climbing up those planks to begin with. But when you got up there and you had that rope and you were ready to swing out over the water, you had to know when to let go. Letting go was important. Because for us, when you start out, you you didn't want to let go too early because if you did, you know, moving out over that water, it might catapult you if you let go out too, too early and allow you to fall onto the rocks. Now, we never saw that, but we were always scared that the rocks over there, if you let go too early, you might just throw yourself out on there. So it's like, don't, don't let go too early. But on the other hand, you had to wait till you were coming back and then you had to let go at the right time. And every now and then, I would see someone freeze, and they wouldn't let go, and they got scared, and that was bad too, because it just sent you slamming back into the side of the cliff. And some of them still have the scars today, I'm sure, to prove it. So now that I've explained the rules of when to let go, how many of y'all want to go and give it a shot? Let me see, raise your hands. Yeah, there's my people. All right, how many of you are like, no way, you're crazy, no way, there you go, okay. All right. The point is, though, you had to know when to let go. The best decision that you could make was to let go. Holding on wasn't an option. And sometimes we have a hard time letting go. So many, so many of us, man, we've just got a white-knuckle grip on everything. And unfortunately for a lot of us, man, it's, it is hard for us to surrender our lives. It's hard for us to surrender those decisions over to God. When we hold on too long and when we depend on ourselves too much, what happens is that we end up hitting the cliff. Right? We end up, in the long run, when we hold on too tightly, sometimes we do more damage. And the reason that this is good is because when we choose not to surrender, when we choose not to let it go over to God, what it is basically is it's a spiritual problem, right? When we hold on tightly to most things in life, the reason is, is because at the end of the day, we hold on because we believe that we can do better, that we know what's best, that I can make the better decisions. I'm not going to give it over to God because I don't trust you enough. With this, so I'm gonna just stand here and I'm gonna keep on keeping on. 
Let me give you a piece of scripture that goes along with this issue. It's a very familiar one. We use it a lot, but it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says this. It starts off by saying, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. We are to trust in him. We are to give ourselves to him. We are to give our worries and our stress and our anxiety, everything that we're holding on in life, we're supposed to give it over to him to allow it to be completely in his hands. How much do we need to trust? Keep reading. With all your heart. Not just a little bit, not just a portion of it, but everything. How much of your heart, how much are you willing to let go and trust to the Lord? Because then we're told this, we're we're told do not depend on your own understanding. And let's be honest, that's where we want to live and that's where we mostly are. Is because what we want at the end of the day is I want to understand as much as I possibly can because I want to keep doing this and I want to keep holding on and I think that I've got this all figured out when really, I know I really don't. When really I know that I need help with this. But, But here's the promise, here's the promise. When we learn to trust him with all of our heart, when we learn to give it over to him, at the very end it says, if we seek his will in all you do, he'll show you which path to take. If you trust him, if you're willing to let it go and give more over to him, man, Scripture says he'll help you make the right decisions. So there's big choices that we have to make in life. Sometimes for us it's just... It's just loosening up a little bit. It's learning to trust God with more of who we are and what we're struggling with. Let me give you a biblical example of somebody that had a hard time letting go. A hard time giving up uh, control. His name is Jacob. And and a lot of you know the story of Jacob, and especially when it comes to Jacob and Esau. Most of the time what makes Jacob such an interesting character is because he wouldn't let go. He held on to everything. He wanted to control everything in his life. And he never, at the beginning of his life, he wouldn't give it over to God. Best example of this is when he schemes his brother Esau. Y'all remember that story? He schemes his brother Esau out of his birthright. You know, for for a bowl of stew. All all that happened. And then not only that, but he tricks his dad into giving him the blessing that should have been given to Esau. He gives it to Jacob instead. It's a crazy story. Jacob has this white knuckle grip on everything. And he's going to do what he wants to do. And he's going to make all the decisions. He believes that he knows what's best. And he's leaving God out of the entire thing. And where does that leave him? It leaves him in fear of his life and he runs away because Esau's gonna kill him. Jacob is literally running from his life from Esau. All we know about Esau in scripture is that he is big, he is hairy, and he hunts things. Kind of like how I described Joel Fitz. I'm, I'm, I'm playing, Joel, I'm playing, I'm playing. But I would run from him too, right? Jacob is running for his life. So Jacob runs from Esau, and he runs to his uncle Laban's house. And while he's at his uncle Laban's house, he's even trying to control that situation. And he marries Rachel, and Laban puts him in charge of being a shepherd and charges some sheep. And, and he, he manipulates. It's a very strange story. If, you've, if you haven't read this, go back in Genesis chapter 30 and read this story. He manipulates the mating patterns of the sheep so that he gets the better sheep. And leaves Uncle Laban with the not so good. It's very strange. 
how it happens. But Laban figures it out because, again, Jacob is scheming and Jacob's got his grip on everything and he's just doing what he wants to do. And Laban gets so mad that he's ready to do something about it and Jacob runs again. And so Jacob is running, running, running. He's running from Esau. He's running from his family. He's running from Laban now. And he finally gets to a point in Genesis chapter 32 where he's just done. He's at the end. He can't run anymore. And the reason he can't run anymore, basically, is because his brother Esau is catching up to him. His brother Esau is going to get to him and probably going to kill him. This whole time, man, he's been holding on. And he gets to this moment where he realizes, man, I just, there's nothing more I can do. And it's about to get really ugly. In fact, I've been holding on for so long, I don't know how to let go. And I don't know what's going to happen next. So the night before he's supposed to meet Esau, before Esau catches up with him, he actually meets with God. And God comes to him. And here's what it says. It says, And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. So God comes... In this form that Jacob can wrestle with. And I imagine this wrestling match kind of starting out like a parent with a child where the parent allows a child to think that they're kind of in it for a little while, right? They let the child kind of wrestle, but really the parent could end it at any time. And in all of this, man, Jacob is holding on to everything. He is trying to stay in control. And then with just one touch, God says, it's over. You're done. And he renders Jacob useless, and he wrenches his hip out of its socket. And then God stands over Jacob, and he says, In order to be the man, you've got to beat the man. <laughs> Just kidding. That's, that's going to be in my version of the Bible, in the King Jimmy version. That's, a, that's what it's going to be. But when all that happened, instead of holding on to his life, what Jacob begins to do then is he holds on to God. He understands where he is and who this is and what's happening. And so he, he's holding on to God. And in that moment in chapter 32, go home and read it today, he asks God, please bless me. He begins to let go. He begins to let go of everything that he's been trying to do and he holds on to God. And he's like, God, please, please bless me. And when he does that, God begins to take over. And God's like, you know what, Jacob, I'm going to take it from here. God starts making better decisions for Jacob. Ultimately, he changed Jacob's name to Israel. And when it comes to the long-term effects, God reminds Jacob that he's going to be a great nation. And I'm sure Jacob is in that moment thinking, well, that's great. I'm glad in the long term, I'm, you know, my descendants are going to be great. I'm going to be a great nation. But what about the short term? I got Esau coming after me. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow when they finally catch me. And God took care of that too. And instead of there being a big fight, between the two of them, a fight that Jacob could not win, that Jacob knew that he would lose. Instead of there being a big fight, there was a big hug. And everything changes when Jacob releases a little bit and allows God to have more. 
when he stops stressing and he asks God for his blessing. So when it comes to the decisions that you have in life, what are you more likely to do? Are you more likely to hold on? Try to take too much control? Or do you know what it's like to let it go and give it over to God? I mean, think about it. What are you constantly wrestling with God about? What are you constantly wrestling with in your life? What is it for you? Maybe your wrestling match with God right now or just your wrestling match in life has to do with finances. You're struggling, financially speaking. And you're like, man, you're trying to hold on. You're trying to do all this. And in the back of your mind, you're like, I know I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And I know what it means to honor God with my finances, but this is mine and I'm going to hold on and I'm going to do it my way. Or maybe your wrestling match has to do with people at work and you just can't seem to get anybody else to do what they're going to do. So you know what? Just stay out of my lane. Like, give it to me. I'll take on more. And you're just holding on and holding on and trying to do it all yourself. Maybe your wrestling match has to do with your kids. You know, it's graduation time, and I'm seeing, you know, that's a strange time for parents. And parents have been trying so hard to control so much and make the decisions for their kids. And now they're struggling letting go because their kid's going to be hours away from home. And it's hard. And I want to wrestle, and I want to hold on as tightly as I possibly can. So I don't know what it is for you, but let's do, let's do this. Let's do this. Everybody right now, just grip your hands. Just grip your hands tight. Just grip your hands you can hold them close or hold them out, just in your lap, just grip your, grip your hands. And I want you to think about that area in life that you're holding on to like this. What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that's just, mm, you just cannot seem to let go? Name it right now. It could be a person, it could be a thing, it could be a circumstance, whatever that is. Think about it. Everybody online, you can do this too. And we're going to make the decision today to release it. Go ahead, release it, let it go. If we're going to allow God, if we're going to trust Him with all of our heart, and we're going to depend on Him so that He can help us make the decisions. So we're going to do less of this, and we're going to do more of this. In fact, when it comes to those areas, if, when it comes to those big decisions that we tend to hold on to, let me give you three questions to ask yourself in determining whether or not you should let go. Let me give you three things real quick right before we end. Should I let it go? Number one, ask yourself this question. That thing that you're holding on to so tightly, is it really worth it? Like, seriously, is it really that big of a deal? Like, why do we have, why do we keep such a death grip on everything in life? Like, should I just let it go? In other words, there are some things that people really get upset about, that people really hold on to, but in the end, I don't know if you're like me, but... Usually about a week later or a month later, I'm looking back and I'm like, man, why? Why did I want to control that so badly? It really didn't matter. Now, I'll tell you this as an example. Last week, we were having dinner with some friends and we're talking about summer trips. Speaking of having the best summer ever, um, we were talking about where to go and all this kind of stuff. And in that conversation, I, I shared how much I try to control our travel itinerary. I love being in control of where we're going to go and what we're going to do. I've got everything kind of in my mind. I've got it all worked out so that I know where we're going. I know what we're having for supper. I know exactly um, how much we're supposed to spend on everything, okay? So where are my control freaks out there? We got any control freaks out there? Okay, good, yes, those are my people right there, okay. Not in this alone. 
At the end of the day, though, when now that we've done so many trips and now that girls are getting older and I've done this quite a few times, I start to realize that maybe, maybe, you know, if we don't go where we should have, where I feel like we should have gone, if we spend a little more over here, is it really worth getting that upset about? You know, at the end of the day, the world probably isn't going to end. Everything's going to be okay. I probably shouldn't stress so much. So for me, I know this question comes up every now and then when it helps me let go. Sometimes is that when I look at something and I'm like, why am I stressing so bad about this? Can it be something that's just really not worth it at the end of the day? And here's why this is important. is because some of you, some of us are holding on so tightly to something and we're making such a big fuss over it that we're destroying relationships. And then we're making it very terrible for us and for others. So at the end of the day, maybe, maybe a good question to ask yourself when it comes to that thing that you're really holding on to, is it really worth it? The second thing, second thing you can ask yourself is this, can I do more? Can I do more? And this is a good question because there's a difference between letting go and just giving up. Okay, that's a, that's a big difference. Okay? I, I'm not asking you just to give up on everything when it comes to that situation. Not at all. For example, for those of you, or for those of us that maybe have messed up financially, you know, we're not just going to sit around and just give it over to God and go, okay, God, I'm just going to wait for you to give me a lot of money. (laughs) God could be up in heaven going, "Uh, look, that's not how it works. (laughs) Like, I'm going to need you to do a little bit more. I'm going to need you to start a savings account, right? I'm going to need you to get your budget in line. I'm going to need you not to spend so much like God wants to give you the wisdom on how to manage that. So we're not going to give up altogether. If our marriage is in trouble, like can I do more? Yes, I can do more. I can ask for forgiveness. I can go to counseling. I can get into a journey group that is focused on marriages so that I can have accountability. If our child is making bad decisions, we might do more as far as being available to them. We can make sure that lines of communication are open. You know, we can do whatever it takes in those moments. So maybe, maybe when it comes to those moments that we're holding on to, that we're stressed out about, maybe we could ask ourselves a question, can I do a little bit more? And then once you've answered that question, here's the last question. Number three is this. Can I give more to God? Can I give more to God? Is this one of those areas that I'm holding on to so desperate, man, that I want to control so much, but at the end of the day, I've done everything I can do, and I can't, it's not mine to hold on to anymore. Maybe this is an area that I just need to let go, that I need to give more over to God. Let me read you this verse in Philippians 4. This comes from Paul. And Paul was in prison, talking about a situation that is out of your control. He's in prison. And he writes this. He says, don't worry about anything. This is one of my favorite verses. I use this all the time. Don't worry about anything. Paul says, don't worry about that thing. Don't worry about that choice. Don't worry about that decision. Don't worry about that thing that you're holding on to so tightly. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about anything at all. He says this. Instead, pray about everything. And tell God what you need and thank him for everything that he has done. Pray to God about everything that you're dealing with right now. We just talked about this in the last series when we were talking about prayer. Can I take all my prayers to God? What about the little things that I'm stressing about that I'm holding on to? Yes. Scripture says take everything, big, small, whatever it is. And when we pray to him, 
And when we give it to him, here's the promise. Here's his promise. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. When there's something that you're holding on to, just not getting anywhere, and you've done everything you can do, maybe it's time to say, God, this is actually yours. I'm going to hand this over to you. And I'm going to trust you to give me peace and help me with the decisions that come next. And when we do that, when we do that, the promise is, is that God gives us that supernatural kind of peace that just goes beyond our ability to understand. But we got to get to that point first. I'll give you a personal example of when this happened for us a, a little while back. My wife, uh, Shannon, had taken a new job. This was a long time ago. And within her first year, um, the employer had some layoffs. And because she was one of the last ones hired, she was the last one to hire, then she was, unfortunately, she was let go. And so for a little while, she was unemployed. And I remember that I did not handle that stress as well as she did. (laughs) She handles those moments so much better than I do. But she looked back at that situation. Looking back on it now, we asked ourselves those questions. Can I do more? And of course, there was more to do. So she put her resume together and she got out there and started interviewing again. But she also asked this question, can I give this to God? And yes, that answer was yes as well. Because honestly, we can't control the future. But at the end of the day, she trusted that God would lead her into the right position. And then God gave her this amazing sense of peace through it all. Something that I look back on and I really admired. And within two months, she found another position. God worked and it was actually a better position than the one that she had before. And it was just like God just doing his thing, right? Just working once we started trusting him for what was next. So let me ask you, well, what are you experiencing right now? Is your marriage in trouble? Are you trying to hold on too much and to control too much? Can you actually change your spouse? No, you can't. Can God change you? Can God bring the healing that's needed? Yes, he can. So God, you know what? I'm going to do what I can do, but at the end of the day, I'm going to trust you for the rest. Maybe it's a physical problem. Can you physically bring the healing that your body needs? No, you, you can't. Can you do some things that will help? Yes, I can eat well. I can do whatever treatments the doctor has prescribed. You know, whatever is needed, yes. But can I heal myself? No. Can God bring comfort? Yes. So God, I, I'm going to do what I can do, and then for the rest of it, man, I'm, going to let, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. So I don't know what it is for you. But the decision to make today, the decision that will give you the best summer ever, to to have a better future, is to ask yourself that question. Put yourself in Jacob's shoes. How long do you want to go in life just stressing and stressing and stressing because you're holding on to too much? Before you finally begin to realize this whole time you've been wrestling with God and all he wants you to do is give it over to him. Less stressing and more blessing. Let's pray. God, I just, I want to pray for everyone in here this morning. Everybody that's online today that has a major decision to make in life, God, this is so tough to talk about sometimes. I I just pray that you would give us guidance. God, would you just speak to all of us and just help us to understand your will in our life? 
So many times, God, we're so quick to get everybody else and try to figure out what they want for us instead of coming to you. We try to control so much. So God, today we come to you. We come to you. We come for your wisdom and your direction. God, I just pray for every one of us to have that white knuckle grip on our life right now. God, we confess to you that we love to be in control. But God, we also have to admit that we don't always know what to do. We don't know how to act. We don't know what to say. We, we don't know what the next steps are. So, so God, today, God, I just speak. Just pray that you would speak to us and help us to understand where we need to give you more control. Help us to learn to loosen up and to give it over to you. And right now, you know what? While we're in this moment, I just want you to silently pray for a minute and just whatever that area was that you were holding on to just a minute ago, that you were loosening up with, I just want you right now, let's surrender that to God. Will you do it? Just pray to God and say, God, I surrender this. God, I'm releasing my grip on this. God, I'm learning to trust you more with this. Would you just give it over to him? God, I thank you for hearing us. I thank you for being willing to comfort us and to guide us and to take control of those out-of-control areas of our life. And Jesus, I just pray also for those people that haven't given their lives to you at all. God, there are those that are watching online that are here with us today that are still holding on too tightly to their life. God, would you just touch their hearts and help them understand just how much you love them. I pray that today would be the day that they ultimately, that they would surrender their heart and their life to you and accept the love and the salvation that only come through you. And God, I thank you for today. And I thank you for the blessings of being a part of your church on Pentecost Sunday when we remember the birth of the church. God, I thank you for allowing us to be a part of a church, such a wonderful church family. And God, I pray that you would just help this church continue to grow, to continue to expand and bring more people to know the saving grace of your son, Jesus Christ. We love you, Jesus. And we give you everything we have. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.